Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I love the spirit that I feel in this place. I am so humbled that this spirit that I feel is familiar to me. I don't ever want to take it for granted. Can we just give God praise right now? Lord, I love you, God. You are so mighty, God. You are so mighty, God. I love you, Jesus. 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 I'm going to preach what's on my heart today, but I'm going to do it a little bit unorthodox. I'm not even going to use my scripture to begin with. You can be seated in Jesus' name, but... If you will, just help me set an atmosphere of praise in this place today. Help me set an atmosphere that God can move in this place today. You see, Moses, when he saw the burning bush, and he was called aside because he saw this miraculous sight, the first thing that was said to him was, Moses, take off your shoes. You see, Moses had been walking in the desert. He had been doing his job, Brother Allen. Moses had been walking in some places and he picked up some things. I'm not saying Moses was a sinner, but there are things that get on us from the world that you just can't help. Attitudes that rub off on us throughout the week. And sometimes we have to take off our shoes spiritually before we can go any further into the presence of God. Can we set an atmosphere of praise in this place? God is great today and he is greatly to be praised. When I think of what God has done. When I think of what God has done, I cannot look at my life and lie to you and say that I have not been blessed with material things. But none of that matters when I think that God has saved my soul from eternal damnation of hell. Hallelujah. 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 He's a saving God. God is faithful to save souls. God is great and God is mighty. 
The same spirit of God that we feel in this place today is the same spirit that was robed in flesh over 2,000 years ago. The same spirit that we feel, Brother Alvin, was the same man that put that spit in the mud and put it in a man's eye and he saw his trees. Next thing you know, he healed the blinded eyes. He, he raised the lame. He raised the dead. He spoke life into the weary. That is the same spirit of God that is in this place today. It's the same spirit that the Bible says in the beginning was the word if the word doesn't do you do it for you nothing else will in the beginning was the word that's all it took was the word all it took was the word the word was with God and the word was God everything that was made was made by the word he spoke into the darkness It was dark and it was void. Let me tell you something. Close your eyes and imagine how dark it was in the beginning. And he said, let there be light. And an explosion came forth from the imagination of God. And everything that you see outside today was created. That's how mighty our God is. And that same spirit, that same power is in this place today. That is the God that I'm talking about. He was, he is, and he will always be the same. Time cannot corrupt him. It can't corrode him. It cannot pollute him. He will always be the same. He is the almighty. His throne is set within the heavens, and His and earth is his footstool. This is the God that is in this house today. Amen. There are over 6 billion people in the world. 6 billion. I can't comprehend that number. 6 billion. I don't know if there's anybody in this place that can relate to 6 billion. Other than grains of sand, I don't think I've seen 6 billion anything. Amen? You're not in this place today by chance. You were called out of six billion. When the enemy tells you you don't matter. I'm not one of six billion. I'm one called of six billion. When you feel like nobody cares, when you feel like nobody sees, remember that number, six billion. And we were called into this marvelous light. Hallelujah. I just want to give God praise for his grace. Hallelujah. When nobody else sees or cares, remember that God sees and he cares. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The very chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. He carried us to Calvary. It wasn't just a cross. I was on his back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And yet that's not the greatest promise. The greatest promise was given in the book of Acts. The very cradle of this church that we know and we love. That men have given their life for. He said this promise is unto you. It's unto your children. It's unto the 
All that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. That's how great God is. We have to disconnect from the world when we come into this place. I'm not coming to the church just so my name can be marked off. I'm coming because I need God to move in my life every day. I need him more today than I did yesterday. That's why I can't afford to bring things with me. I want to leave some stuff at the door like Moses. Take my spiritual shoes off because I need to hear a word from God. We have to somehow... Forget about the things that are weighing us down. The woman with the issue of blood pushed through it, the Bible says. She went against the press and she touched the hem of his garment. Moses did the the same thing when he took his shoes off to stand in the presence of the Almighty God. My mind cannot comprehend the fact that the same spirit that we read about with such awe and wonder is moving in this place today. It's moving in this place today, beckoning us closer. Moses had dirt on his shoes that was not acceptable to the presence of the Almighty. There are some things that we have to take off. I'm not saying pure sin. I'm just saying there are some things that we need to shed off. That's why we need to mentally prepare, spiritually prepare before we come into the house of God. We tend to pick up things throughout the week. It's nothing intentional. It just happens. Everybody can relate to a bad attitude. It's one of the most contagious things there is today is negativity. I want to read my scripture that I'm going to take my title from. It was in the book of Job, chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschew evil, escheweth evil. You see, there are some things in life that bring us down. They bring us down out of this, out of this, this walk, this cloud of energy, if I may describe it as such, this, this cloud of the spirit, things in life will take you down from it. Maybe somebody said something. Maybe they meant something, but maybe they didn't. But before you know it, a seed is planted in your heart if you don't deal with it immediately. And that seed is bitterness. 
Bitterness will bring you down and it will corrupt you more than you ever intended. Bitterness is like a disease within the church. It can lie dormant and undetected until the moment that it walks you down, until the moment that it snatches you out. It works slowly and it walks you down. I want to plead with us today. I want to plead today that we keep this in check. If you see the children of Israel, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, after they were taken prisoner in Babylon, the psalmist wrote and he said, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We can't allow things to take us prisoner. That's what they did. They were, they were taken prisoner. And he said that they wept when they remembered Zion. And pay attention to this. He said, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. They put their praise in the willow trees because they were too distraught to worship God. They were too messed up mentally to even think of looking away from their situation and turning to God. And they they put their harps in the willow tree. You see, the problem with hanging your praise in the willow tree is the fact that that particular tree is deceptive. As the tree grows up, the new growth grows down. And so if you're not looking at the harp, if you take your eyes off of your praise, before you know it, it'll be grown out of your reach. Nothing. No battle is worth the fight. No fight is worth losing your praise. Throughout, historically, throughout the Bible, when the enemy wanted to conquer them, he took their praise. That's the first thing he went after, was their praise. On the other side of that, any time a battle was fought and won, praise ushered them to the victory. It's that important. The hardest thing that we can do as a human is to forgive someone that hurt us, but it is the very key. Forgiveness is within our gift. And we're lost without love because without it, we're already defeated. The Bible says in the book of John, Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give unto thee, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this, all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You see, life happens, and hurt comes in many forms in many different ways. But just as in the book of Job, I want to bring to somebody's attention that it was God that said, consider my servant. I would tell somebody today that feels like God may have forgotten about you. Even God said, have you considered my servant? 
that means God knows exactly, exactly where you are. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Bitterness works just like sin because it separates. It separates you from God. Amen. We can find the most clear picture of what sin does in the book of Jude because he said, these be they that separate themselves having not the spirit. They're sensual. Bitterness will take the spirit of God right out of you one day at a time. One day at a time. If we can consider the original sin. The original sin in general happened before Adam and Eve. It was when Lucifer elevated himself above God and he was cast out of heaven. But the original sin of man was born between Adam and Eve. If we can think about the creation of man, God created Adam in order to have a relationship with him. God created Adam in order to commune with him. And the Bible says that Adam was formed out of the dust of the earth. God took the dust and he turned it into flesh. And then God breathed life into Adam. Life, the breath of God represents the spirit of God. So God took flesh and he breathed his spirit into flesh. And then when God created Eve, God created Eve as a helpmeet to Adam because Adam was lonely. And when he created Eve, He took her from Adam's side. The important thing here is he did not create Eve from dust. But he created her from Adam's flesh. Therefore they were one in the eyes of God. As is still in today's institution of marriage. Therefore when Eve listened to Satan and fell within the lap of sin. And Adam did listen to Eve instead. When Adam listened to Eve, it wasn't a fact of him following his wife. This isn't, a, this isn't about the man's place necessarily that I'm bringing out today. This is a flesh issue. Because the sin was found in the fact The Bible says that in the cool of the day, God would come down and he would commune with them. Therefore, they would listen to spirit. They would nurture the breath that God had given to them. But when Adam listened to his wife, he had stopped listening to spirit and he listened to flesh. That is exactly what bitterness does in our own lives. Before you know it, it will choke out the communion with God. It will choke out the spirit of God. And you will only have flesh to listen to. It is impossible to live within the will of God spiritually with bitterness in our lives. 
from time to time. In the middle of his rich blessings, God says, have you considered my servant? And we face a trial. But we can be confident in this. By God saying, have you considered my servant? We have a way of escape. Because God already knows the trial that you're in. Because nothing happened to you without God first saying, let it be so. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus beheld them and saith unto them, With men these things are impossible. But with God all things are possible. We have a way of escape. He knows the end from the beginning. And he knows who I am without a doubt. Amen. One of the most sobering scriptures ever given, in my opinion, is found in the book of Joshua. God is scolding the children of Israel and he says to them, And I have given you a land which ye did, which, for which you did not labor, and cities which you did not build. You're living somewhere you didn't even pay for. He said, of the vineyards and of the olive yards, which ye planted not, do ye eat. Above all, bitterness will affect the generation coming behind you. When God was leading the children of Israel through the land, or through the wilderness rather, anyone over the age of 20 didn't even make it to the promised land. Why? Because they couldn't let go. Simplified, they could not let go of the past. And it cost them the promised land. It cost them the promised land. We today could say that we're enjoying the fruits of someone else's labor. Generations before, this, this, this message, this very church is still moving and existing on prayers of saints long before us. And in study for this message, I was pricked in my heart Sister Cricket, because the thought came, are we preparing for the next generation? Is there something in my way that's stopping me from planting vineyards for the next generation? I want to leave something behind. I'm coming to a close, but in the book of Matthew, we find the story that is probably the most deserving of bitterness and anger and hatred. Just to set the scene without reading the whole chapter, per se, Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was trying to pray at the very end. And his disciples kept falling asleep because they weren't in tune. 
at that time. Life had gotten in their way. And so finally, Jesus let the servants sleep. And the Bible says, Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same is he. Hold him fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and said, I'm sorry, then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him away. Something that would provoke bitterness and anger. This would do it. But I want, if I may today, to give a different spin on Judas today. Instead of being defeated by the hurt of someone so close, I want to bring out the fact today that if it had not been for Judas, Calvary would not have played out the same way. It was that betrayal that led Jesus to the fulfillment of his ministry. It was that act of sin of Judas that led led Jesus to the cross. Therefore, we have salvation today. When we are hurt or offended, we have two options. We can lay down and let it grow a seed of bitterness in our hearts. Or we can move forward and allow God to use it because we have the knowledge that he said, consider my servant. He knew exactly what was going to happen. Consider my servant. Can we all stand today? God is the same and he doesn't change. He never changes. Amen. Jesus. Can we just close our eyes and love the Lord right now? God. We need you, God. The Bible says, humble yourselves 
Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in faith, knowing that all the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, saying that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, established, strengthened, settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The answer is in this passage. He said to humble yourselves, therefore under the mighty hand of God, you'll be exalted in due time. But if you remember nothing else from my message today, remember this. He said, cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him. We're called of six billion people. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, help me, Lord, to spiritually be like Moses and just take off the shoes, Lord. God, don't let me bring anything into your presence that would hinder it, God. Lord, in your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. In your name, Jesus. Can we just make an altar where we stand? Lord, I love you, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your word, God. I thank you for your presence that we feel today, Lord. God, truly, Lord, there is none like you, Lord. You're holy in this house today, God. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.